Now, someone I am scared shitless of in that top 15 range is someone I rode that roller coaster with last year. Shaw, do you have him at 14? Kevin, let me get a look here. Just give me a second. Or excuse me, I'm looking at Raz's rankings. Raz has him at 11. And uh, Kevin, you have him at 14 as well. Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. And listen, he started out last year like a man on fire. He was a top five wide receiver in fantasy for the first, I think, 10 weeks last season. And then he definitely got a little bit banged up around Thanksgiving. And then he had that game where Stephon Gilmore made him go MIA. Um, and when you think about the Cowboys with the addition of CD Lamb, they should get more out of the tight end spot this year with Blake Jarwin and Amari's tendency. Amari is super, super talented, and Dallas has definitely brought out more of him than see the, the Raiders got out of him. But his tendency to go ghost in certain games in big moments scares me a little bit. Raz, why should I not be scared of that? I mean, you always got to be scared of Amari Cooper. But uh, like that's, that's, word. <laughs> you always got to be endorsement here. You always got to be different. I mean, I, I think I think I have him at fourteen though. I think you might be misquoting the kid. Um, uh, you have him, uh, wait, is it? Was that, no, I was looking at the wrong rankings. I apologize. You do have him at fourteen. Kevin has him at eleven. I apologize. You got to yeah. But I mean, now nah, it's all good. I'm just saying, like, I think obviously that big playability. Keeps his floor very high, but he's also known for a stinker. I lost in the championship last year because of Amari Cooper. So it's just one of those things where, you know, you always got to be afraid of him, but you can't deny the fact that he is top 15 potential every single year. And CD Lamb and Blake Jarwin, for example, don't scare you off that. No, no, not really. I mean, I feel like CD's going to get his looks, and obviously Gallup's going to get his looks. And I mean, Blake Jarwin. I think Dak will will find a safety blanket in him, but it's just those big plays for Amari. I think it's just what's going to be the difference. You just got to close your eyes with Amari Cooper. And, you know, he's going to give you his 1,100 yards and and seven touchdowns. Then he's going to have one week where he scores 150 yards and three touchdowns. And then he's not going to go over – he's not going to combine for 150 yards in the next three games. And then he'll have another big game. So that's just the Amari Cooper, you know – Experience, right? Experience to a T. You know, there was a lot of questions about him when he was on the Raiders, but this just goes back to like him being like he better quarterback play, tied to a more efficient offense, a more explosive offense, which is why some of those crater weeks that he's always given you, even going back to to that, I mean to Oakland, he just when you look at his cumulative stats at the end of the season, he is going to end up in that, you know. 15 to 20 range that you could depend on. My thing about uh, Amari is like so he he his he gets a lot of credit as a great route runner, which he is, but sometimes the effort level can wane with him sometimes where like sometimes oh, you can yeah. see him, sometimes you can't sometimes you can't see him match up with number one corners, especially. You can you can't take him you can't take him out of a game and like he can't get frustrated and like so it's it's, it's, it's it's mental things with for Mari Cooper. But, yeah, somebody you just close your eyes and draft, and, you know, it, it might not be a fun ride the week to week, but I think you could, like, expect at the end of the season him to give you his <laughs> trademark Mari Cooper season. Uh, Kevin, let's just go to you real quick because I mistakenly said that Raz had him highest in rankings. You have him highest yes. in rankings. 
So it's your turn to play salesperson here on why I should have at least a little bit of faith in him. Well, here, here's the thing with Coop. Like, I, I'm not going to – I'm not actually here to disagree with either Sean or Raz. They are both correct. Like, you, you are – if you're drafting Amari Cooper, you have to draft him knowing exactly what you're going to get from him. Like, you're going to get peak weeks and you're going to get valley weeks. You're going to get the extremes of both, right? But look. I'm of I'm a, I'm of the thinking I want to get as much of the Dallas passing game as I can reasonably. Like Amari, Amari Cooper's coming at a very reasonable price, so I would take him. I prefer for him not to be my wide receiver one, but if that's the case, I'm going to assume that my running backs are really dope, so I could deal with him as my wide receiver one. With Cooper, I like I draft him. It, it used to be like drafting Deshaun Jackson at his peak. I'm not saying Cooper is Deshaun Jackson. But I drafted Deshaun Jackson, and I didn't look at him until week, week until week seventeen was over. Like I, I just didn't want to deal with the the week to week one catch for eight yards, then eight for two hundred yards. Like I just don't want to deal with that shit. Just draft Amari Cooper. You're gonna get great weeks out of him. You're gonna get really good end of year production. Act like he doesn't exist. Put him in the lineup, and forget about him. That that's my endorsement for Amari Cooper. And look away when he faces corners like Stephon Gilmore and Jalen Ramsey. I mean, they do that to everybody, though. To be fair, that's fair. But I they mean, they do that to everybody. But like, but like, there yeah, are, there are Amari all- Cooper's tendency to like completely disappear. Yeah, it, it is it is worrying for sure. So, guys, we're gonna hit on sleepers outside of each of your top thirty-five rankings in just a second. But before we do that, there are a couple of other wide receivers that I think are worth mentioning between that kind of fifteen thirty-five range, and just get a thought process on where you're at with all them. Number one guy that I want to throw out there is Hollywood Brown, who is the only real deep threat. I mean, Mark Andrews is kind of a deep threat, I guess, but the only real speedy deep threat in that Baltimore offense, which, like we talked about, is as run-heavy as anyone in the league. But I think that when you look at their loss last season in the playoffs to the Tennessee Titans, where they were just underwhelming, there's no other way to say it, I think what cost them that game was that their wide receiver play was awful. I think they had like eight drops off of Mark Jackson passes, and he didn't play his best game either. But Hollywood right. is entering his second season. Him and Lamar have clearly developed pretty good chemistry in year number one. I don't really give a shit about all these reports about how much he's bulked up. I mean, could that help him? Sure, why not? But um, I, I do think that the chemistry and maybe a little more of a focal point of getting him involved could see him have some increased value. I'm not sure where any of you guys are at on Hollywood, um, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. I mean, like, I guess with Hollywood, like, I feel like the recurring theme with a lot of these receivers that we keep bringing up is literally the big plays um, because we know we know what Baltimore is going to do. They're going to run it 40, 50 times, and they're going to throw it to the tight ends 28 times. So <laughs> at that point, <laughs> at that point, you, you kind of hoping – Hollywood gets loose downfield and, and, you know, Lamar has one of those plays where he just flicks the wrist and it's an 80 yard play. Um, But I do think Hollywood will get a little bit more involved. They might have him on the intermediate routes and a lot of shorter routes, crossing routes kind of things because he has bulked up. But I mean, I want to see how that extra weight plays in game speed Um, because it's one thing to just bulk up to do it. But I want to see how he actually competes with that weight on. Now definitely, yo, Mar- Mar- Marquise is crazy, bro. Like I, he was, he was my favorite receiver last year. Like in that, in, in last year's wide receiver class, and yeah, man, when, when we talk about 
the skills that really separate the best guys at the top of the position, creating separation is is what's important. You got to be able to like that's that's why when you get guys like you know I mentioned him earlier, but Keenan Allen, one of the best route runners in the league, Stephon Diggs, one of the best route runners in the league. These guys consistently get open on every play because the precision of the routes, their speed and accelerate speed and agility in and out of routes is so fast. And Hollywood Brown is, you know, it, 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 it seems funny, but he he truly is kin to Antonio Brown in how he separates out of his routes. So the kid, that's a, that's an elite trait to where if when you can do that on a play-to-play basis and, and he has a receiver like Lamar, I mean, that was a crazy Freudian slip. When he has a quarterback like Lamar, when he has a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, Jackson, Bill Poley. Oh, it just popped out. <laughs> Sean Pulley in the building. <laughs> when you have a when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, and he he showed his his precision as a passer last year. So this is somebody who has upside throwing the ball to where, and even in that even in a playoff game last year against the Titans, Marquise was the, was the best receiver, and he was he was the best guy they had on the field. And he had a couple drops, but other than that, he still made some like really good plays in that game and was starting to blossom towards the end of the season. So yeah, Marquise Brown is definitely somebody. I know Kalu just mentioned it, but he is in that, you know, new age Deshaun Jackson mold, minus the anti-Semitism, to where I, I think he is <laughs> one of those like big play threats to where I think he he might be a little boomer bust, but if we're talking about, you know, like next year. We're putting him in that same tier as as Tyreek Hill, and let's just say like top ten to top fifteen. It's it's in play. It's in play. He's that he's that talented. I'm not I'm not saying I'm betting on it, but I wouldn't be like stunned if if that's how the season plays out. He's, I, he has that type of <clears throat> I look at their depth chart, and the only, I mean, their wide receiver core was bad last year, but and, and but to to Lamar Jackson and Greg Roman and. John Harbaugh's credit at different points last season, they made Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin look like competent wide receivers. But obviously, hey, no, hey, hey, my, no, Miles Land, no, Miles Boykin slander, please. He's a rookie, but yeah, no, nah, that's another one. He, Miles Boykin sleeper, keep an eye on him. That guy, you know, he has he has like some you know big Cortland Sutton type potential. He was a little overmatched last year, but yeah, no, nah, he that it was definitely a shitty wide receiver core last year. But even like, um, it, I think it'll be interesting because they might have a Mark Andrews is definitely the wide receiver too in in that passing game. But if we talk about Lamar Mark just might been the wide receiver one, no? He, he, he really might. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not mad at it. I think I I do think he probably comes in the season as the wide receiver one. But yeah, I do, I do think like Hollywood has the potential to like take that threshold in the offense in due time. It might not come right away. And that might be a, a dynasty thing to where it might it might take a season or two. For, for him to become that true number one. But even guys like um, Devin Duvernay, somebody out of Texas, who is another big play threat that they have. And uh, I'm forgetting the other receiver approach that they got. But, yeah, they, they got they got some weapons in, in Baltimore uh, that I do think could be interesting. But I think the fact that they only added Devin du- Duvernay, who is a burner, and obviously like that's going to help him a little bit, but K. Lou, I think the fact that they only added him basically as a guy that you really think at the start of the season is going to get a lot of snaps, and you would think that they're going to open it up with their wide receivers a little bit more, would suggest that Hollywood Brown is someone that 
could really produce on a week-to-week basis, no? Oh, do we have Kevin? Or to Kevin, we might not have Kevin right now. It's that, all good. That dial-up is crazy. <laughs> it's so called the crib. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we got Sean. It says that Kevin's still here, so we'll wait for him to come back. But uh, Yeah, bro. Uh, they also – my bad. Go, go ahead, man. No, I was just going to throw another receiver between 15 and 35 that I think was pretty interesting. <laughs> Maybe dependent on the starting quarterback, but – We've been waiting on a Devontae Parker breakout for a long time, and it finally happened. Who is we? I think a lot of people have played face football. I mean, I think, you know, Devontae Parker was someone that was drafted probably too early for us. I've, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for that Devontae So Parker. have I. Okay. Oh, I've got Kevin back. All right. So perfect time because uh, Devontae Parker is someone that probably got drafted too early for a long time given his quarterback play. But say what you want about Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick. As soon as he took over – the reigns last season, uh, Devontae Parker became, what, a top five to ten fantasy wideout pretty much week to week for the last six, seven weeks of the season. As long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback, which obviously uh, to his time is coming, when that time arrives, we don't know yet. But I think Devontae Parker, as long as uh, Ryan Tannehill, or Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starting quarterback, uh, is someone that is going to be in play for a lot of top 15 wide receiver weeks. Kevin, where are you at on that? The thing with Parker is that I'm a big believer in the talent. And, Ooh, damn, man. And once uh, once Gates got out of town, it's no coincidence that Devontae Parker all of a sudden realized some of said potential. Wow, what a surprise, you don't say. Um, the thing with Parker that was confusing, well, not really confusing, but it, it should be noted, is that when Preston Williams was in the lineup, Parker was quiet. Like I, I think that kind of gets ignored. Like he was averaging fifty yards a game with Preston Williams in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Then Preston Williams got hurt. He averaged hundred yards a game for the last whatever six weeks, seven weeks. Yep. I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know if that's noise. I don't know what it is, but it happened. So it should be acknowledged. Um, I think I, I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling is. I really don't. I think he he has a pretty stable floor at this point, based on simply based on the fact that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to. He's gonna throw. He's gonna throw one-on-one balls. He's gonna throw jump balls. That that's what Ryan Fitzpatrick does, for better and and more likely for worse. That's what he does. So he, I think he has a pretty stable floor. Hey Raz, you play hating on Devontae Parker? Why? I'm not. It wasn't play hating. I just wasn't waiting for the breakout. I think that's just what it comes down to. Like I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't overdraft. I wasn't overdrafting him. I do think you know Fitzy. Fitzmagic um, is going to force the issue to him. So, like, I feel like his ceiling, I'm sorry, his floor is pretty high uh, this season. But, like I said, I wasn't really waiting for the breakout just because of the situation down there in Miami. Um, Gase, I guess, leaving does help. Gase now coaches a team that we we all seem to follow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunate. Look, it, it's, yep. it's unfortunate. It's Hate definitely unfortunate. It. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I just wasn't, I wasn't hating on him. I just wasn't waiting on the breakout. Like it wasn't one of those things that was on my fantasy mind every year. Like I could have lived missing out on him every season. That's fair. Are you a believer in him this year to an extent? Um, I have, opt- I have optimism. What's the question this way? If I told you Devonte Parker is your wide receiver too, and you're going to have Ryan Fitzpatrick as a starter for the entire season, you would say, 
Uh, I'd have to see who's left on the board. Honestly, <laughs> that's how I feel. But I mean, nah, I, as a, as my wideout number two with Fitzy as a quarterback all year, I I could roll the dice there. Sean, if I pose the same question to you, where you at? Well, I, I don't think Fitz is like starting after like week four, but okay. Like, <laughs> right, right. We can, right. we can, I will, I will answer the silly hypothetical. I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer that I'm <laughs> but, a too, by the way. I'm just not sure they're going to rush him into that, but go ahead. Nah, nah, I agreed, agreed. I mean, I think he's going to just put him on the flag, put him on the field when he's ready. Yeah, I put, you know, <laughs> the Devontae Parker, man, I had no shares last year when he finally broke out. So I was just left watching from afar. As as he was like a top five receiver down the stretch when it mattered most, you know that that it, it left me a little salty. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna try and be objective <laughs> and not let the saltiness, you know, <laughs> get in the way of my analysis. But the dude's talent is legit. You know, I I think he could be a potential trade deadline end up in another situation. Ooh, that'd be interesting. Sort of like uh, Kenyon Drake. You know, I think Green Bay could use a wide receiver too, which I think what he is. Um, that would be a perfect – I think he probably – you know, do they want to pay him? He's a free agent upcoming. So they're going to have to decide if that's what they want to do. I thought he I know, got extended. Did he get extended? He might have got extended. I think he got extended. I'm did he get extended? pretty sure. I think he got extended. I think you might be right, actually. I think oh. I remember reading that. You know what, guys? There's this yeah, he did. Four yeah, years, he did. 2019. Yep. On December 13th of last year. So he did. So he did get this. Okay, I, I definitely don't want to He got the him. bag. So he got, he got the bag, man. So I, I do think in terms of what he did last year, like even even going towards that, the, the talent is legit. The target share, you know, is it going to be as voluptuous as it was last season when uh, Preston Williams was out? That's That's the question that we do have here. You know, and I believe in and Preston Williams is one of my favorite late round receiver buys right now in redraft and dynasty because I just like the, the dude was a was an elite recruit coming out, so that's somebody who you should keep an eye on. But just going into Devontae Parker, I would like a little bit more of a discount at his current ADP, which is twenty four. That's a little rich for me. I wouldn't feel comfortable with him as my wide receiver two. I would, I would if I if I could get him as a wide receiver three, that would be like optimal. Wide receiver two, that's a little shaky to me because I do think there could be a little more volatility or like what if the like the offense might not put up as many points as it did under Fitz. You know, Fitz usually comes crashing down. I have seen that story before. You know, it it, it, it runs hot and then it also runs cold with the Fitz magic stuff. So I could definitely yeah, see I've a seen little, that shit too. Yeah. You know, I, I could see that crashing back down to earth and then like uh-huh. in two, it's like a little raw. It might not be as productive of a situation, but I do believe in the talent. Yeah, he's going wide receiver 24 right now, which is pick 52. That's uh, about 10 or 12 picks ahead of guys like Terry McLaurin and DJ Chark. I would not take him over either of those guys. I wouldn't take him over Hollywood either. But when we do get into that tier of, you know, T.Y. Hill in, Devontae and let's say like Will Fuller, that's where I would start taking him. But that's my wide receiver three tier. So I do think right. he could be solid this year. Um, I would just say be aware of overdrafting him, even if it's like a round or two, a little too high. 
Uh, I'm not going to waste too much time on it, but T.Y. Hilton is another guy that I'm terrified of this year because I rode that roller coaster last year, but that's neither here nor there. Um, now, when we talk about Devontae Parker, now, obviously, that was a guy that big picture last year. I know that might have been a little bit frustrating early in the season with Preston Williams there, but he was probably going outside the top 30, top 35 in drafts that ended up giving you great value. I believe he was – I was looking at it earlier. I believe he was, like, in the 60s, like 64. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't. Yeah, I mean, and, but – and big picture, uh, he gave you great value, especially if you made the playoffs with him and then were able to slot him in as either a flex or a wide receiver too. I mean, that might have been a leap winner right there. So let's take Adele outside the top 35. And obviously I'm not going to read off everyone's you know, 35 through 80 or whatever it might be. But – when we talk about guys that could be sleepers and could give you that incredible value down the road, especially in the second half of the season, who's someone that each of you have their eye on? Uh, Raz, let me start with you. Um, well, for me, it is my guy, uh, Brian Edwards. Um, Love that you said that. Yeah, so rookie out of my university, South Carolina Gamecocks. Um I think he was a top five route runner in this draft um, that kind of went unnoticed. Um, he has pretty good hands. He, he goes, hurt. I mean, he was hurt, but he, his it's film. Kind of, it's kind of, yeah, he was just hurt. Like, he missed the combine. His, That's what he felt, yeah. His film was out of control. The Jets passed on him four times. Uh, oh, so I, I, let's, let's also, let me, just, let me just add on, let me just bolster your argument a little bit here. Yeah. The Raiders put Tyrell Williams, who was their wide receiver one last year, for better or worse, on injured reserve today. So I think that only bolsters Ryan Edwards' draft stock. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I think with Tyrell Williams, the post guard being dead, I think all you have is, you know, it's Edwards and you have Ruggs, and I'm trying to think who the other wideout is, but I think that bumps them both up to the starting two. Waller as well, if you want, you know, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think Edwards is going to be on the outside, um, in that offense. So I think he's just going to get a lot of looks. Um, and I just think that he has the talent to be a sleeper this year. I don't think, I don't think he should go before the top 40 wideouts, but, um, I think if you can get him right around 40, 45, Shit, even wait until get him 50 if somebody lets him drop that far. I think Brian Edwards' value is going to be immense towards the end of the season. Kev, outside your top 35, who's someone you're looking at that you think could really make a big jump way higher than that? Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to cheat. I have the guy in my top 35, but I have him 34th, so I'm going to cheat. Christian Kirk. Okay. Um. I, I feel like uh, people forgot, first of all, how much helium he had coming into last year. People loved Christian Kirk. Um, I think he's a good player. He, just despite playing hurt, he had he had over 60 yards and half his starts, and he played 12 games, I believe. So he had over 60 yards and half of them. And I'm not and, – and having this conversation and talking about this and thinking about this question made me realize I need to drop DeAndre Hopkins in my rankings. But um, – I don't feel like Hopkins is going to get the target share that other people feel like he's going to get. And if Kyler Murray takes the leap that we all think that he will, I think Kirk stands to benefit a few more targets and hopefully he is healthy and can take advantage of them. I think he can make a leap into the top 25 or 30. I don't think it's going to be a wild leap, but 
I think he could be a, a borderline wide receiver too. That's fair. Sean, outside your top 35, you think has a real chance to explode for that ranking. Where are you at? So there's a there's a couple, and I do love the rookies, but I will probably let's I'll keep them on the outside and probably give them their own little spotlight. Yeah. Outside top 35, one of my favorite just flyers that I like taking right now definitely is Miko Hardman. That's somebody who I feel like the draft price isn't hasn't gotten out of hand. You know, the time that Tyreek Hill was out, he proved that he was a – and his efficiency last year was ridiculous. He proved himself to be a big play threat. We know Patrick Mahomes loves to sling the ball down the field. We know he's not looking to, to, to dump the ball off constantly. You know, he just has that ticker in his head to where he's trying to launch, launch the ball 40, 50 yards. And Miko Harmon is just one of those guys to where he has that 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 track speed, that long speed to where he's getting behind the defense. And there's going to be so many weapons on the field. I don't think he's going to need a lot of volume to return value. Uh, I don't think he's going to need a lot of volume to return value where he's being drafted right now. You know, I think he's being drafted as a wide receiver four or five. And I do think it might be a little rocky some weeks because he's going there. There will be a pecking order in in uh kansas city but if you compare it if anything happens to any of those guys ahead of him he is going to be one of the most valuable pickups but he won't be on the waiver wire so it's going to be somebody you have to to actually draft to get that value back but miko definitely has a chance to be one of those super big play threats somebody who could honestly give you those boomer busts like 60 yard touchdown weeks that could swing an entire fantasy week for you and when we get into the to the bottom tier and you're looking for wide receiver threes, you got to take high upside wide receiver three. Miko Hartman is a super high upside. He's attached to an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes offense. There's and you know it might not. He's a he's a great pick in dynasty, and it there might be a lot of there might be a path where it doesn't hit for redraft. But this is where the smart money needs to invest and take chances with a guy like that, a speed monster just like Miko Hartman. No, and I, I think that, you know, I drafted Mikola in the league last year, and there aren't a lot of guys that you should draft thinking that they're going to score a 75-yard touchdown every week and that's going to save your, your fantasy value and that they're going to give you enough points just based off that. But when you think about that special, like, Nicole, like Nicole's speed is special. Like, Tyreek Hill might be the only receiver in the league that's actually faster in pads than him. When you think about that, my rugs. Rugs is up there too. But yeah, yeah. Nicole. Mahomes, like Nicole might score like a 60 yard plus touchdown every other yeah. week. And that in itself, if you if you're playing him as a flex, could give you enough value right there. So I love all those picks right there. Sean, I want to throw out another name that uh is plays for your favorite team, and that is Darius Slayton entering his second season out of Auburn, another year with Daniel Jones. And now with Jason Garrett calling plays, you have him at 42. I think that's someone that is going at a really nice price at a lot of drafts that could really explode even more so in year two. Uh, where are you at on him? Yeah, I love I love me some some Darius Slayton. Definitely one of the best values from last year. He's he's a he's another one of these like big play threat guys to where this is what I'm talking about when like you have these guys who have big playability outside of the top thirty and. You, Darius Slayton's another guy just like that. You know, Giants offense is going to be interesting to see how 
the targets are divvied up this year, depending on health. Um, you know, if Ingram stays healthy, Slayton, Tate, and Sterling Shepard, another guy who I think can be a, a, a nice, solid value if he can stay healthy. Darius Slayton is somebody who the value is pretty solid on him. You know, I think he he really did prove last year to where he can, <clears throat> in terms of he, he, I think he scored seven touchdowns last year. And like I said, just one of the best values that anybody had. If you picked him up, like I said, he was free. He was on nobody's radar. Darius Slayton. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think he he is one of the better second half of the draft lottery tickets that you can fill your roster out. That's definitely somebody who I need. And these are the type of guys you need. Just take a bunch of these lottery tickets. And this is, like, I think it's the best blueprint towards, like, a a fantasy season to where you're not pulling your hair out because, you, you like, you're struggling to field, a, like, a decent roster. I'm going to throw out – we're going to hit on rookies, like we said. We got to get – this is such a deep – rookie wide receiver class. We got to get them some love. But I'm going to throw out one more name, and if anyone has any thoughts, feel free to chip in. But we were talking about Juju Smith-Schuster before. I think that for the price that Deontay Johnson is going at in a lot of drafts, you could probably plug him in as a pretty safe flex week to week. I know that Juju's there, and I'm not saying Deontay Johnson Deontay Johnson is a superstar by any stretch of the imagination. But in that offense with a healthy Ben, and he showed enough flashes last year, I think that's someone that I'm going to be targeting in the later rounds. They would agree with me there or what? I love Deontay. I, I, I think that that's a, a smart way to go about this. And realistically speaking, if Ben Roethlisberger is as healthy as people claim he is, then all of the Steelers are being underdrafted. So that applies to James Washington, who, who is egregiously underdrafted, mind you. He's going for basically free. I don't understand why. I'm not saying it's, he's great, it's, it's but cool. he's – you said what? Chase, um, Chase Claypool. Uh, fair. And, and even him. Like, Chase Claypool, you could take a shot at him. Deontay, to me, is the most talented as far as... He's the he's the best bet to be a good X receiver for them at the current moment. Like, I'm not saying... Like, Claypool may be in due time or whatever, but I think outside receiver-wise, I think Deontay is their best bet as of right now. And he had a, a an impressive rookie season with the carousel of shit the Steelers were marching out there at quarterback last year so I think it's I think it's smart to take him no doubt all right like we said this was by all accounts before uh, a snap is even had this rookie wide receiver class should be special we had by my count what six taken in the first round Henry Ruggs C.D. Lamb Jerry Judy, Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, and Brandon Ayuk. And then you had two more at the very top of the second round between T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. And then you throw in Levitska Chenault out of Colorado going to the Jags at 42. Chase Claypool, like you just mentioned, going to the Steelers in the top 50. Van Jefferson and Denzel Mims going at the end of the second round. There are a lot of rookie wide receivers, and there are going to be a lot of them that are going to be drafted it could potentially provide value. Who is the one in your guys' mind that you don't necessarily have to have, but you think is the safest bet to provide you a good fantasy season? Um, I mean, I like I like Pittman. I think Even with Philip Rivers. I'm not I'm not gonna slander him too much. I mean, you we know how you feel about Philip Rivers. I, I just feel like he does. <laughs> And his uh his chaotic and panicky 
quarterback play. It it big body receivers help him. Um, I like I like Pittman. Um, I mean, I would love to help. I would love to love Denzel Mims. Um, just because of the the raw athleticism that he has, but uh, he hasn't practiced yet, so I can't I can't bank on that. And obviously, it's the Jets' offense, so I'm I'm gonna go with Pittman. We're fucking cursed, man. Sean, go ahead. Yeah, but yo, this is it's, and this is why, like, when I'm talking about like so many, I can't be certain about which one of these rookie receivers will hit. Rookie receivers like development process is something that like it goes through, like it takes some time to get adjusted to the speed of the NFL, take some time to get adjusted to, you know, in college, they don't play press coverage as much. And once you start going up against the best receivers in the league, it's just different. It takes some time. So it's not going to, it's not, not only is guys going to hit the ground running from day one, but there are a bunch of guys in like great positions and, and they're going to be put in position to succeed like early, even like one of the last guys you mentioned and like Van Jefferson, Van Jefferson ended up in, um, with the with, uh, with the Rams, and he's like a perfect Sean McVay receiver, somebody who fits in. He he re- he reminds you of you know Robert Woods, like just skill set wise in terms of how he wins out of the slot, and he does a lot of the same things that another one of my favorite receivers, uh, same name. It's funny, but Justin Jefferson, he's another one, um, one of these guys to wear cerebral football player, great route runner, you know, one of these guys to wear. One of my favorite things about Justin Jefferson, he's nasty, especially, and I feel like it's not going to take us too long for a skill like this to to show itself. But you could tell, like that dude, and this is this is a receiver thing in terms of like understanding the field around you, understanding when to cut your routes in, understanding when to break out of your cuts. He he showed an elite level at just knowing, you know, he's like I said, he was, he was one of the best uh, premier slot receivers in college football last year. So I, I definitely do think he's going to be a, a great safety blanket for Kirk Cousins. And I do think in general, with the hype, considering everything with the hype of all these receivers coming to the league, I do think most of these rookies are being drafted at a pretty fair value. I think guys like Judy and, you know, Judy didn't end up in a, in a great year one scenario. CeeDee Lamb, these guys, and um, even like Rager got hurt. But, you know, these guys aren't being overdrafted. So I do think when you get into that tier of the draft, that um, that back in half of the draft, when we need these lottery tickets, I won't mind taking a a lottery ticket on a C.D. Lamb or a Justin Jefferson because these guys, these guys are going to need a chance to play and they're going to they're, they're they're be in teams that are going to throw the ball. By the way, I know we're talking football. The, the San Francisco Giants currently lead the Rockies 23-4 to in the eighth inning. So I figured we'd just throw that in there. That caught my eye a little bit. Um I think it's interesting, though, when you look at these wide receivers, kind of different situations that they're in. Sean, you just hit on it. Uh, Henry Ruggs was the first wide receiver off the board in this draft to the Los Angeles Raiders. He is playing with either Marcus Mariota or Derek Carr, a quarterback, both of whom are allergic to throwing the ball downfield. And that is what Henry Ruggs does better than probably any receiver in this draft. So I think that is kind of an awkward fit, even if he is a very talented guy himself. Jerry Judy, like you said. He's got Cortland Sutton alongside him. They also drafted K.J. Hamler, and they have Noah Fant along with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay in the backfield. A lot of mouths to feed there. C.D. Lent, we already hit on the Cowboys and how many mouths they have to feed there. Jalen Rager hurt his shoulder. Brandon Ayuk hurt his hamstring. Denzel Mims hurt his hamstring and plays for the Jets. Chase Claypool pays an offense where they have a lot of mouths to feed to. Uh, T. Higgins might be the fourth 
best. So we could crap on the Bengals all we want. The Bengals have a bunch of really talented receivers. I don't know where T. Higgins fits in there. And Michael Pittman plays with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. I think that if I were to draft one receiver this year, one rookie wide receiver that is with any degree of confidence, it would be Justin Jefferson because even if he is not Stephon Diggs or Adam Thielen, being in theory the second wide receiver in that offense and, like you said, a safety blanket for Kirk Cousins to provide some sort of consistent week-after-week value that I don't know that I could count on with the rest of those guys. And I'm a big believer in Justin Jefferson's talent to begin with. I thought he was – if you would have told me he would have been the third wide receiver taken in this draft, I would not have been mad at it whatsoever. Kalu, where are you at on the rookies that wide out this year? Uh, uh, as Sean pointed out, it's hard to look at rookie wide receivers with any level of safety because of the – because of the transition from facing college defenses to NFL defenses, but I mean, if you're for, I, I would if you if we had this damn episode last week, I'd have picked Jalen Rager. But you know, shout shout out to Jalen Hurts for throwing a pick and having Jalen Rager make a tackle that hurt himself. Great. Um, I'll take CD Lamb, not even necessarily because of the safety. I don't think there's a safe wide receiver left, especially after Rager and Ayuk hurt hurt themselves. Yeah, I'll take Lamb though because I think he has the highest ceiling. Like, I think he has the highest boom potential, so I guess I'll go with that. I'll go. Uh, that, that this is a question I don't feel great about answering, but I'll say Lamb. I think one one more shout out to um. I I think he's a underrated winner from the whole Leonard Fournette being released in in Jacksonville situation. Um, my guy Lavisca Chanel Jr. He's definitely one of these like he's he's. Yeah, he, he's a receiver to where, you know, I think it's disrespectful to him as a receiver to call him a gadget guy because he's not really a gadget guy. He can do a lot of the things that, like, a person He can just part. do the gadget shit, though. He can like, do the that, gadget. That's, that's the annoying part. Like, he's not a gadget guy, but he could do the gadget shit. Well, yeah, he, he's like, he's like a big, he has a, like, you, I see people throw around Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin wasn't, like, 6'1", 220. Like, it's completely. He nah, was he built like that. Hell no. He wasn't. And so, yeah, it's like, so, so, the should know, like, and. In, in Colorado, they, they gave him the ball out the backfield. They gave him the ball on screens. They gave him the ball on little short crossing routes. I do think, like I said, Shark and Shark and um, Luis Chanel, I do think they can develop into one of the like more unheralded one-two punches in the league. You know, we're going to see how good the offenses be. But I do think they're going to have to get the ball into somebody's hands. So I do think, you know, at the end of your draft, uh, somebody to keep an eye on Lavisa Chanel. He's, he's going to be, he's going free pretty much. Um, yeah. But there is a lot of upside there. Just keep an eye on. Did you hear who his wide receiver coach compared him to? Um, I did not, but if I've, I've seen a lot of Julio Jones, which is crazy to me, but. Oh, that's, well, damn. I, I thought I was ah. going to break some news. <laughs> Never mind. No, but Keenan McCardo compared him to Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. Holy. Yeah. I mean, yo, that's a, that's still wild. But if, <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very wild, but I just thought that was interesting coming from oh, from, from his wide receiver coach. Shout yeah, out right. shout out Andre Johnson too. Yeah, shout out to Kenny sure. from Cardell too. Sure. Shout out Cortland Finnegan catching the hands too. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've been going for. an hour forty five on wide receivers. So before we move on to another topic, last thing we have to address, Sean, land my pick. Waiting to happen. Just give me the receiver, and that's it. Land my pick. Waiting to happen. Who you got? Oh, land my pick. Waiting to happen. I mean, this is <laughs> this is definitely cheating. It's it's flip a coin. Whoever do you feel 
less confident in is the definitely the landmine pick of the year. Shout out to Bill O'Brien because he, <laughs> he put the he put the he put the whole season and a prime season of Deshaun Watson on the it it comes down to will Will Fuller and Brandon Cook stay healthy. You know, if they stay healthy, it's it he didn't look like a genius for a year at least until they get hurt. But yeah, Will Fuller or or Brandon Cooks, these are both guys, super talented guys. But it's a it is a landmine waiting to happen. It's just depending on how lucky do you feel on draft night. Hey, I, I'll say at least Will Fuller runs more routes than Brandon Cooks, who only runs. Stop more. it, bro! Stop it! Stop oh, it. Here, we go. here we go! Oh, here we fucking go! Yo, Kevin, stop saying here we go and give me a wide receiver you think is a landmine waiting to happen. Um. Landmine is probably strong, but I will refer I will, I will refer to DeAndre Hopkins again. Like I don't really want to. Like and and again, I realize I have an eighth. I have to I have to drop him. Okay, I, okay, I, go. Please please elaborate, Kalu. Um, here's the thing. Look, DeAndre Hopkins has never been the most. But he's he's not based around big plays, right? So a lot of his production is volume based, and Houston they force fed him the ball. Like, he averaged 160 targets a year for, like, what, six years, five years, however long he's been in Houston? Like, I don't think he's getting that target share in Arizona. And if he he gets 130 targets instead of 160 targets, then he still averages around, you know, eight eight, eight and a half yards a target. Like, that's that's 1,150 yards. I mean, I'm not saying the man's going to be bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying he's going in in at the beginning of round two. I'm staying away from him. I'm not saying he's gonna be a bust. I'm just staying away from him. He, it, a wide receiver switching teams in in the COVID era, uh, worries the shit out of me personally. So I, I I'll stay away from him. That's my pick. Hey, coming Brad, in hot. Blows up in your fucking face, wide receiver. Who is it? Um, probably AJ Green. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised like... you ain't. I'm surprised you ain't say Allen Robinson. You've been disrespecting him the whole show. Well, I already know it's not a it's not a landmine for me because he has he has Mitch Trubisky or or what's his name uh, Foles throwing to <laughs> Nick him. Nick Foles, so. Super Bowl champion, Nick Foles. Yeah, team, whatever, so. bro. Um, my point, my I, I would go AJ Green just from injury standpoint. But if we're going just from like a a scheme, it's a hot take. It's real hot. It's real, real love, hot. We love on here. All right, you guys are gonna you guys are gonna hate me for this, but uh, DJ Moore. Wow! Ooh. Wow! 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 Now, wow. are you talking in relation to where he's going, or you think that he's tumbling way down there? I think where he's going right now. Um, I don't know if he's gonna tumble crazy because I do think Teddy is gonna look for him, but I think the McCaffrey um touches and the 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 thought of throwing deep to Robbie Anderson will take some of his targets away um and I can see him just being not what you expected because I think you know most people have him in his top in your top 20 and I, I could see him being a top 30 top 35 wide out and you know you wouldn't end up getting the value that you expected Shout out Curtis Samuel, by the way. He's a dope wide receiver. It had to do with Kyle Allen last year. We haven't talked about him much. Yeah, shouts to Curtis Samuel, man. Curtis, shouts. We, nah, I wanna, we love yo, him, Curtis. Those last two takes both came in scorching. Um, mm-hmm. 
But I think no, I think even like, but I just I going back to to Nook, you know, in his situation in Arizona, I just find it difficult to see how. I mean, it is a, you know, we do have you know Fitz is there. Kenny Drake is going to get some balls at the backfield. Christian Kirk is a talent, you know, but right. it's air raid. And I do think the, when when Arizona ran into problems last year, it was after Christian Kirk had some problems with injuries. And, you know, outside of Fitz, they didn't really have anybody who can, like, constantly get open, which was the problem. So, you know, that's that's why, like, you – when it comes to guys like DeAndre Hopkins, you can't guard that guy. So the system almost doesn't even matter because he's going to be open. So when we do think into the system, I just see, you know, air raid. Like, they're getting the ball out and they're getting the ball out quick. So I still do think, like, depending on just what we know about Cliff Kingsbury, like, I, I do think he can has a closer chance of falling closer to that 150 targets. Which, which I don't know. Yeah, but I, I don't know. But the, the question you did bring up, Kalu, about like wide receivers changing, changing teams, it, it hasn't been great that first year, to be honest. Right. So, so it, I, can, I can understand the skepticism on that. Right. Um, all right. So let's move on now from wide receiver, and we will not go an hour and 50 minutes on this next position. But it is a position I'm excited to talk about because. It's a position where, where I will never draft early, but I will clean the fuck up on sleepers in the late rounds, and I think that is especially prevalent this year, and that is the tight end spot. So we have just one general set of rankings for the tight ends right here. So we'll just run through, like, the top 15, let's say. Um, so tier one for most of us uh, comes down to Travis Kelty in Kansas City, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Mark Andrews, and then Darren Waller is number five. Hunter Henry, six. Hayden Hurst, seven. Evan Ingram, eight. Tyler Hickey, the Rams, nine. And then Rock at 10. And then, like I said, there are a bunch of guys in this position later on that I'm excited to draft. But, Sean, I know that you we kind of share similar philosophies when it comes to the tight end spot. What is your thought process on the position going into this year? Yeah, definitely. Um this isn't really something that I and I didn't mention this before, but it's not. It hasn't really been something that I've ever done before, but it just makes more sense this year compared to ever before to just take two tight ends. It's something that I wouldn't have recommended it before, but it's going to give you a really good stable to go into the season with. If you just pick your two favorite sleeper tight ends, you know, I think there's a lot of guys who have a good chance to to, to have a pretty solid season. As, as that tight end one for, for a lot of teams to where, like I said, you can find that value at the bottom of the barrel, but it's just going to, it's a, it's, it's, it's a quantity game. in in this point, you know, if you are going to take a tight end, you got it. I don't take my tight ends early, but if you're going to take a tight end, take it early, make sure you're getting, you know, Kittle is safe. I'm not going to take Kittle. I'm trying to find the next Kittle. I'm not going to take, you know, Zach Ertz or, Travis Kelsey, more more or less, but those guys are pretty like reliable, and you can actually like you know you can build a, you can build a team around those guys. It's just about like well, whatever your prerogative is, but definitely when you get into the back end of tight ends, even like guys like Dallas Goddard or you know John O. Smith, Evan Ingram, Irv Irv Smith. There's a there's a bunch of guys that have a lot of upside at the end of the tight end position. Irv Gotti. 
Hey, you gotta follow. You gotta follow the Matt Infield model from last year. Draft the next Darren Waller, or Mark Andrews in every league, and you'll be straight at tight end. Hey, oh, yeah. K. Lou. So we were talking about before. Obviously, running back gets ugly real quick, but you also want to compensate that with good wide receivers, and there look to be some sleepers that you can grab later on. What is your thought process, and what is your philosophy on grabbing tight ends? Are you going to be more towards? And actually, what's funny is you drafted Kelsey. We saw you drafted Kelsey in draft a couple of days ago. But is that going to be the norm for you, or is that kind of the anomaly? I am more open to it this year than in, le- than in um, years past because of how deep wide receiver is. So if, if for some reason, let's say I'm drafting top three and I get a you know Camaro, whoever, at, at three, or Zeke, and, for, and uh, if Kelsey makes it back to my next pick, I'm not swearing it off. Like, I don't think I would do it under normal circumstances because the league I took Kelsey in, I kept Miles Sanders for a fifth and I took Kamara in the first round. So that was part of the reason I took Kelsey. But as far as um, strategy when it comes to tight end, it's either the, the top of the line or like tier five. Like I'm either looking for Travis Kelsey or the Chris Herndon of the world. Like that's, there's no in between. I'm, I'm not taking the, hey, 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 hey. the, the, the Jared, um, what was his name? Oh, Jared Cook. I'm not taking Tyler Hick- like I'm not taking any- I'm not really fucking with those dudes. Like I need the tier one or the tier four or five guys. That's how I view it. Raz, are you aiming at Kelsey Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, or are you waiting to find the sleepers that turn into the next version of, like I said, Andrews Wallace last year? I will for sure. I'm all in on the Kittle. Um, give me that guy. Um, but if I have to wait a little bit, I do like Hurst. Um, I do think that was somebody who was overshadowed um, by Andrews in that offense last year in Baltimore. And I do think he has the talent to get it done with with Matt Ryan. And I do think there will be enough passes to go around. So I could wait a little and I can get Hayden Hurst probably, you know, between 8 and 12 of the tight ends to go off the board. And I think I would be pretty happy with that. Um I don't think who else I could – maybe a Jonu Smith, but I, I don't want to put my, my season with Jonu Smith. So, yeah, I mean, if it's – if it's uh, the lowest I'm going is, is Hayden Hurst. All right, can I interject real quick? Go um, ahead. To follow up on the Hayden Hurst, uh, Matt Ryan, in eight, in eight of his 12 seasons, he's targeted a tight end at least 80 times. So that, that bodes well for Mr. Hurst. Give me some Hayden Hurst. I'm- there we go. Listen, I'm going to throw out a couple other names just real quick before we wrap up. Some guys that I'm excited to potentially draft later on, as long as I build up my running back wide receiver core. Listen, we don't see a lot of rookie tight ends making immediate impact. The two guys are teammates at Iowa. Give me some TJ Hawkinson stock and give me some Noah Fan stock. Especially yes, sir. Hawkinson, yes, sir. Especially Hawkinson with Matthew Stafford throwing the ball. Listen, like, like rookie tight ends making an impact is few and far between. But I think both right. of those are really right to make a jump this year. Big I jump. don't think I don't think it's outrageous that Noah Fant would be like the second most reliable fantasy, second or third maybe, but the second most reliable fantasy weapon in in, in Denver. Like it might be, he that's might it, be. That's not a hot take, I don't think, man. Yeah, I don't think it's possible. It's I possible. I could, take. Yeah, I, I could definitely have But on that same token, is it outrageous to think that? TJ Hawkinson could be two or three on the fantasy total pole in Detroit. Not at all. No, no, he could be. If he he ended up tight end two or three, I wouldn't be surprised. He's he's an absurd talent. 
Like, like Hawk, TJ Hawkinson is an absurd talent. Hawk had those Gronk comparisons coming out of college, which I think Gronk is the greatest tight end to ever play in the league. So I agree. Very Iowa, a little bit ridiculous, but I don't think that came without merit. Yeah, the Iowa tight end pipeline is is ridiculous. I don't think <laughs> yeah. that. I would yeah. I would trust in that. That's a, that's a program you could believe in. Um, Janu Smith, I, I think that what gives me a little uh, like Raz, I'm with you on Janu in general. Like, I don't know if I'd have a ton of confidence with him as my only tight end, but that Tennessee system does seem to feed pretty well. And other than like we said, AJ Brown, I don't really know who else they're throwing the ball to. So Janu would be someone there. As Jet fans, Chris Herndon, if he could stay healthy, him and Sam Darnold from all the the training camp and practice reports have good chemistry, and he's I a, love I love Herndon this year, love him. Yeah, and you know you're going to get him at a very very heavy discount. So yeah, some give me some of that, and then one more name that I'm going to throw out there. Uh, we talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick and the connection he had with a guy like Devontae Parker, Mike Izicki out of Penn State, is a freaky, freaky athlete that finally showed his stuff last year, especially in the second half of last season. And again, the price you're getting him at, I really think you could get a lot of bang for your buck there. I agree on Jacecki. And um, especially with um, Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns also opting out of the season, like I think Jacecki's going to get a lot of slot looks. And you you know you know slot slot targets are fucking gold, especially in fantasy. So I think uh I think Jacecki is a good breakout candidate. Like I feel like we've touched on all of the guys I'd like to target, basically, like Hurst, Herndon, Jacecki, like Blake Jarwin too. Like we didn't talk about him, but Blake Jarwin as well. Like I I want ideally if I'm not gonna get Kelsey, I want two of those guys. Well, all right, sorry. Like I said, I'm excited about the position this year because there's a lot of possibilities you can go. Uh, Dawson Knox. Uh, that looked to be someone that Josh Allen liked a lot last year, but does the addition of Stephon Diggs scare you guys away from him? A little, a little lower. Um, just to just to go back to what we were talking about with um, who was it that we just touched upon? Um, not Caleb. Caleb. Who who did we speak on before Herndon? What Janu Hawkinson fan? Okay, Janu, Janu, pardon me. Yeah, no, Janu is a is a wild talent. So when you talk about like looking for these for the for the next breakout tight end, it's wild because I'm just like I, when I, when I get when I go to familiarize myself with like some of these sleeper tight ends, I'm like, all right, cool. Let's see what he put on film last year, dude. They was running like fucking jet sweeps for Janu Smith. Like, yep. yeah, like, <laughs> like yeah. That's, a, that's that's ridiculous to think about. Like. Well, so we, it's gone. I, the Janu hype has kind of gone back a couple of years. It just kind of took the Lady Walker getting out of there and yeah, no, definitely, definitely the offensive coordinator for it to become reality. Nah, yeah, just, so John John knew somebody to where like I could definitely see him popping off, and you know if Corey Davis has hurt me one too many times, so I'm not going back to that well. Hell <laughs> um, no. So but he can he can definitely be the number the number two like pass option. <laughs> and then one more tight end topic I want to hit on before we wrap up for the show. I don't know about y'all. I am staying far the fuck away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tight end situation. I know Gronk and Brady are BFFs, and I know they've got a great connection, and I know OJ Howard is talented, but Cameron Brates in that situation too. I think we've already touched on they're gonna win enough games. And- so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Are any of you grabbing Gronk, OJ, 
great time really getting drafted. But Gronk or OJ at the spots that they're being drafted at? Look, man, it, 2020 has been a trash year, and I've rolled my eyes plenty in 2020. But I, I can't think of many times I rolled my eyes harder than when I was seeing OJ Howard positive training camp reports. I can't think of something <laughs> that I, I care about less than, than fucking OJ Howard training camp reports. It's been two years of this shit. Like, all right. And then they brought in Gronk on top of it, and you still, oh, OJ hey, Howard is dominating. Uh, by the way, like, just I don't a, give a fuck. No, sorry, Kev, just cut you off. Bruce Arians very clearly, I don't know if he's like, like absolutely dislikes OJ Howard, but he has made no sort of effort to make him a feature part of the offense. Right, and then now now they bring in big old Rob Gronkowski, and I'm still fucking reading training camp reports about OJ Howard. Talking, oh, he's skying over defenders. He's in the best shape, shape of his life. He's in the best shape of his life, and he's running good routes. I don't give a fuck. Do that shit on Sundays during the season. Give a fuck about what he does on Wednesday in July. Come on, son. Raz, you drafting any of them? <sighs> nah. I gotta sit that way. <laughs> I, I just feel like I I feel like the Gronk, the Gronk, like man, I he's gonna get hurt and, and I'm gonna be sitting there twiddling my thumbs and then I'm gonna need another tight end. And I hate having like you you always need that one plug in tight end for that one bye week when you got one of the top guys, but when you build it around somebody such like volatile, like just injury wise, like that, I'm gonna be stuck with freaking Gronk and like no offense, and my tight end tight end dreams are gonna go to shit. So I'm I'm staying away. Raz a talkative guy, but it's pretty clear pretty clear from the lack of words he's discussed on Tampa Bay Buccaneers today that he is not <laughs> of that team. Going, going real quick before we wrap up, anything you want to add on that Buck tight end situation? Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> I'm I'm good on the Bucks. <laughs> right. I will I will watch from afar. Um, you know, I, I do think like yo, free camera break. Um for real. Free camera break. Um yeah, free David and Joku. Who put camera break yeah. situation be freed? Cleveland. Uh, throwing it out there. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, um, yeah, free, free, free camera break. Uh free 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 my son David and Joku too. I know he's on the Browns, but I, I do like I, I want to take some David and I wish he was somewhere else. So I could feel better taking some David and Joku this year. But I mean, I guess if you want some Austin Hooper, I guess I'm probably not gonna go too crazy in in that boat. But yeah, man, um other tight ends, you know, I think I think I'm in. I think it, this is the year for I'm lying to myself and telling myself this is the year for the Evan Ing- the Evan Ingram and the Hunter Henry breakout. Shout out to alliteration. Got stay on the field, um, man, right? What's up? Just gotta stay on the field. The talent's there. <laughs> Open yeah, he's a Open monster. It. Yeah, he's a monster. So, uh, but I'm I'm going back to the well on that one. Um, by, the, yeah, by the way, I I think that the Austin Hooper hype train is a little bit out of control. I think a lot of what he did in Atlanta was very much scheme and Matt Ryan predicated. I'm not as big a fan of him in Cleveland. Yeah, that. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good on Austin Hooper as well. I, I I think I'm probably a little bit too down on him personally, but I'm still like I'm just not drafting Cleveland Brown pass catchers that aren't Odell or Jarvis. Like I'm good. You want Black Edelman? Am am I, am I excited to draft him? No, but <laughs> like I'll take him. Like I'm not excited to draft him at all, but I'll take him. But one more thing before we uh, get out of here as far as tight ends. And this is a very, very, very deep recommendation. Like, as far as, you know, it got to be, like, on some, like, 14, 16 team, like, maybe 15 bench spot, or maybe not 15, but a lot of bench spots. And I know people are going to roll their eyes when they hear this. Tyler Eifert. 
keep him in mind. On the Jaguars, right? Yes. Keep him in mind. Jay Gruden likes to target the damn tight end a lot. You know, people like Gardner Minshew. You know, we, we mentioned a million times this podcast, the Jaguars are going to stink. I, I, I'm, I, all I'm saying is it wouldn't shock me if Tyler Eifert had another, you know, tight end nine kind of season. It wouldn't shock me. Obviously, you got to stay on the field. We know that. Cool. But it wouldn't shock. I, I would keep my eye on him if I'm in a deeper kind of format or if for some reason you're in a league where everybody's excited about every tight end and you strike out. I would keep him in mind. Guys, last tight end thoughts. Speak now or forever hold your peace. We all good on the board? Sean Raz, I'm going to toss it back to you guys in just a second. But one more time, we want to shout out Thrive Fantasy, Daily Fantasy Sports like DraftKings or FanDuel, but for player props with no scrub player props, your superstars only. Sign up today using the draft code DRAFTSEASON. That is D-R-A-F-T-S-Z-N. Sign up today, and you get an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. So they are give you free money to play and hopefully win some more money, hopefully using our advice to win you some more money. Download the app or visit their website, thrivefantasy.com. My guys, take it away. All right, man. Yo, but this has been episode five, I believe. Um, <laughs> you guys see <laughs> the podcast? We out here, man. Um, if you did make it to this, uh, what are we in? Uh, minute. We in the second, second hour of the show. But um, yeah, if we did make it this far into tonight's episode, we do appreciate you. Um, this will wrap up our fantasy football preview. Um, so definitely stay tuned. We will have more content coming for you guys weekly. Um, more NBA content coming soon. Me and Matt will have some baseball content coming for you guys shortly as well. Um, but as always, shout out to the bros for hopping on. Um, you can follow. My guy, uh, K. Lou at Twitter at K. Lou twenty four. Um, K. Appreciate you hopping on, my dog. For sure, man. Uh, Anytime. Coming from from Wisconsin, we have our host and moderator, um, Matt Enfield. Shout out to Matt again. Appreciate you for hopping on again today. Oh, yeah. And then we also have my dog Raz. Um, Raz. Shout out to my guy Raz. Um, draft season podcast. We out of here, man. <laughs>